thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is thirsty, Lord. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Lord, I thank you that I'm able to come into your presence again. Lord, just like the psalmist, I am glad to come into your presence to give you praise this morning, to magnify your great and wonderful name. Yahweh, I praise you this morning. Yahweh, I give you glory this morning. Yahweh, I declare, be magnified, be glorified, O God. Father, thank you. Thank you for uh, being such a good God. Thank you for being such a loving God. Thank you, Lord, because you do not count our iniquity. For if you do, Lord, no one will stand. Thank you for the precious blood shed on the cross of Calvary, by which, O God, we can come into your presence this morning. Ancient of days, I magnify you. Jehovah, this morning I magnify you. Prince of peace, this morning I magnify you. Lord, just for who you are, I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. Lord, as I wake up this morning with joy, with gladness in my heart, I give you praise. I give you glory. Be magnified, precious Lord. Once again, Father, we have come. We have come to fellowship. We have come into your presence, Lord, to be filled with uh, your presence and to be filled with joy. We ask this morning, Lord, speak to us once again. We ask this morning, Lord, that our hearts will retain your word. We ask that you will help us become doers of the word. Help us learn in your presence today. But let your name alone be glorified. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Alright, let me say welcome to everyone. Welcome to Devotion. This morning, I am Murphy Eyenike sharing this time with you. We continue our reading of the book of Job. I don't know about you, but this has been a good learning curve. Yes, a good learning curve. Um, if anything, I think Job's three friends represent, you know, oftentimes our, uh, our interpretation or our response to when things happen to, to people. Whether it's grief, whether it's a disaster, for some people it's because you have sinned, for some people you need to repent. You know, different people will come up with different things. Zophar, for example, said you are wicked, you know, and you must have some evil in your life. God is the one punishing you. In fact, you deserve even much more, you know, <laughs> than you have done. But whatever the response is, my prayer is that we will learn from the book of Job. If anything, all that God will tell Job in the end is that um, despite all you have been through, I was here with you. And you just had to call on me and I would have counseled you. 
rather than complain and complain and complain so i don't know what you are going through to, to, today but i am confident that god is in that situation with you and it will comfort you on every side in the mighty name of jesus all right let's continue our reading yesterday we stopped on chapter 12 Zophar was the one speaking and he was telling Job that you must have sinned. Yes, God is the one punishing you. You are a wicked person. And yes, Job was standing, standing his ground, making his case that, look, I know that I am not a sinner. I know that I have a justifier. He will justify me. All right. So Job's response will continue in chapter 13. So we'll read chapter 13 and 14 as Job responds, um, gives his response to, to Zophar. And then Eliphaz will come up again and speak. Remember that, look, Eliphaz was telling Job that, look, there must be some, there must be some sin in your life, okay? These things don't just happen to people, okay? You must have done something wrong. Job, just repent. Ask God to forgive you. And okay? Yes, he will. And Job was really standing his ground and having none of it. So we'll see that, you know, um, we'll see that in in um, chapter 15 and then round up uh, with chapter 16 today. All right, please get your Bibles. Let's read together. Job chapter 13. Um, it says that, look, I have seen all with uh, all this with my own eyes and had it with my own ears and now I understand I know as much as you do you are no better than I am it's actually quite sad that these friends are torn Job's grief and Job's bitterness and mourning into a competition between who was better themselves or Job remember all of these guys were much, much, much older than Job, and you will see it later. Okay, so it says, as I know as much as you do, you are no better than I am. As for me, Job responded, now I would speak directly to the Almighty. I want to argue my case with God Himself. So, yes, Job did not curse God, though. Let's be clear with that, okay? Job is just hoping that i wish i could speak to god and god could could really explain this thing but he was complaining it wasn't that he was telling god lord comfort me because i know that you are here with me verse 4 says as for you you smear with me with lies and yes this was what these guys were doing how could you just tell someone what did you know about what he was going through how could you be telling him that yeah he must be wicked and that god was punishing him for what he had done he said you are smearing me with lies as physicians you are worthless quacks <laughs> yes job gave it back to them if only you would be you could you could be silent uh silent that the wisest thing that's the wisest thing you could do listen to my charge uh, pay attention to my arguments are you defending god with lies do you make your dishonest arguments for his sake? Will you slant your testimony in his favor? Will you argue God's case for him? What will happen when he finds out what you are doing? And I'm telling you, God, yes, you will see, God will give it to these guys. That look, they were just saying rubbish. He said, what will happen when he finds out what you are doing? Can you fool him as easily as you fool people? No, uh, you will be in trouble with him. If you secretly slant your testimony in his favor, doesn't his majesty terrify you? Doesn't your fear of him overwhelm you? 
your your platitudes are as valuable as ashes your defense is as fragile as a clay pot but i'm telling you job is correct okay uh, the advice these guys were given were not necessary okay saying that, that there must be some sin in somebody's life does it have to be that if they are checked they would have just realized that it was the devil you know uh, testing testing uh, job tempting him god was testing job the devil was tempting test, tempting him to sin against god 13 says be silent now and leave me alone let me speak and I will face the consequences. So yes, Job knew that there were going to be consequences. God will respond. <laughs> but when God responds, ah, it won't be easy, I'm telling you. God will literally tell him, put your hands to your mouth. Oh yeah, Bem, hold your mouth and hear me. 14 says, why should I put myself in mortal danger and take my life in my own hands? God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I am going to argue my case with him. So you remember Job said that he wished there was a mediator because he, he felt and knew that there was no mediator. It was the blood of animals that was speaking for them. He knew there was no one that was going to argue, argue his case. 16, he says, but this is what will save me. I am not godless. If I were, I could not stand before him. Job knew that... In everything, he still believed in God. He believed that there's a righteousness that, you know, had been trans transferred that from Ab down from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, down to Issachar, and now down to him, Job. You know, he knew that, look, they believed in Yahweh. They believed in Jehovah. He knew that he was not godless, okay? So his friends should not be telling him as if he didn't know God. He said, listen closely to what I'm about to say. Hear me out. I have prepared my case i would be proved innocent <laughs> job i wish you knew he said who can argue with me over this and if you prove me wrong i will remain silent and silent and die hmm. verse 20 oh god grant me these two things and then i will be able to face you remove your heavy hand from me and don't terrify me with your awesome presence ah job if you had just realized that it wasn't the heavy hand of god on you it was the heavy hand of the devil. It says 22, now summon me and I will answer or let me speak to you and, and, and you reply. Tell me what have I done wrong? Show me my rebellion and my sin. And I'm telling you, this is just a heart filled with bitterness. And you know that people that have been here before, when you are questioning, what have I done? Am I the only one in this world? Am I the only one, you know, uh, that, that I've sinned against God? How could I deserve such things? Job was saying, tell me, what have I done wrong? Show me my rebellion and my sin. What do, why do you turn away from me? Because, yes, this was the problem. God was not saying anything to Job because Job was asking the wrong questions. So listen this morning. If you want to hear God, ask the right questions. Did you hear that? If you want to hear God, ask the right question. Job was asking the wrong questions and so there was no need. He says, why do you treat me as your enemy? What kind of, what response was God, God going to give to that? Obviously, Job was not God's enemy, right? So there was no need to, to answer that. He said, would you terrify a leaf blown by the wind? Would you chase a dry straw? You write, you write bitter accusations, uh, accusations against me and bring up all the sins of my youth. And that is very important. Job was saying that God 
was bringing up all the sins of his youth. It means that even though the blood of animals, you know, could cover sins, the blood of animals could never take away sin. So Job recognized that that is the only reason why Job will be saying that God was still bringing up you know the sins that he had you know I pleaded the blood of animals against okay so the blood of animals could never take away sins you will read that in the book of Hebrews it could cover sins it would never take it away and that's why Job said you bring up all the sins of my youth you put my feet in stock you examine all my path my paths you trace all my footprints i waste away like waste away like rotten wood like a moth moth eating a moth eating coat hallelujah all right let's move on to chapter 14 job will continue to rant you know <laughs> and complain is bitter and quite understandable he says how frail is humanity how short is life how full are full of trouble and i'm telling you which is true our life the bible describes is like like vapor uh, it's here this minute and the next minute is gone and so because it is so short it's important that you use it well you use it to change this world and to be a blessing job said look our lives our frail is humanity too he says we blossom like a flower and then wither like a passing shadow we quickly disappear must you keep an eye on on such a frail creature and demand an accounting from me so in job's eyes god was the one you know doing this or god at least was allowing this i'm sure in his mind he felt god was the one doing this okay so who can bring purity out of an impure person no one but job knew that god could okay he says who can bring purity out of an impure person no one you have decided the length of our lives you know how how many months we will live and we are not are uh, given a minute longer so leave us alone and let us rest we are like iron hands so let us finish our work in peace mm. even the tree has more hope if it is cut down it will sprout again and grow new branches though its roots have grown old in the earth and its stump decay at the scent of water it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling so i wish job had just given himself you know taking his own advice job was saying it doesn't matter whether you cut down a tree even if it is old an old tree he says look he says at the scent of water when water comes again this tree will bud again so if job had just realized it that this water is the presence of god this water is the person of the holy spirit if it if he came upon Job's life, okay, Job will, will sprout again. Job will give new seedlings like he used, used here, okay? God will be, Job will be able to start again, okay? But Job will not remember this. He's just picking this for a tree. Is it at the scent of water? It will bud and sprout again like a new seedling. Verse 10, but when, you, when people die, their strength is gone. Their breath, uh, they breathe their last. And then, where are they? As water evaporates from a lake and the river disappears in drought, our people are laid to rest and do not rise again until the heavens are no more. They will not wake up, not nor be roused from their sleeps. I wish you would hide me in the grave and forget me there until your anger has passed. 
but mark your calendar to think of me again. Job said, God, mark your calendar, okay? Just mark this date that there's a man called Job. Keep me, first of all, away from all of these pains, but just remember me in the future. But I'm telling you, that is not possible with, with God. The Bible says that you and I are the apples of God's eyes. The Bible says that we are inscribed on the palms of his hands. Can you forget, you know, <laughs> you know the prints on your hand? Can you forget them? Can anyone touch the, the, your eyes and you will not move? Not possible. So I'm telling you, if Job could just, just realize or listen to himself, he would have known that it was not possible that God would forget him. But I'm telling you, when you are going through grief and pain, ah, it can force you to totally forget everything and just focus on the pain that you are going through. 14 says, can the dead live again? Yes, Job. The dead surely will live again at the resurrection. If so, uh, this would give me hope through all my years of struggle and I would eagerly await the release of death. You would call and I would answer and you would yearn for me uh, your underwork for then you would guard my steps instead of watch watching for my sins. My sins uh, would be sealed in a pouch and you would cover my guilt. But instead, as mountains fall and crumble and as rock falls from a cliff as water wears away the stones and floods wash away the soil so you destroy people's hope job god is not the one destroying your hope and I'm, I'm telling you i just personally i feel sorry for this guy okay and i can identify and understand what he is going through you can be in so much pain that look nothing nothing means anything to you okay not people not wealth not anything you know all of your focus is just on that pain and you are asking and you are requesting that someone would just give you a response why did this happen to me my prayer for you god will comfort you god will uphold you in the mighty name of jesus 20 says you always overpower them and they pass from the sin you disfigure them in death and send them away they will they never know if their children grow up in honor or sink in, in sink to insignificance they suffer painfully and their life is full of trouble hallelujah all right so let's take chapter 16 remember we'll finish this in on chapter in, in chapter 16 so uh, yes so that was job's response you know to zophar and i'm telling you like i said zophar went too far okay went too far calling saying job was a wicked person he deserves more from everything he was going through you know so in chapter 15 eliphaz will respond to job again okay so remember eliphaz initial response you no know, words to job was that there must be some sins these things don't just happen to people right there must be some sins in your life which was a big mistake i'm telling you bad things happen to good people and it is not because they have done anything bad okay so please um Eliphaz, keep that to yourself. So let's go on chapter 15. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, A wise man wouldn't answer with such empty words. You are nothing but a windbag. <laughs> These guys. Eliphaz, was this necessary? Okay, he says, You are nothing but a windbag. The wise don't engage in empty chatter. What good are such words? 
have you no fear of God, no reverence for him? So it wasn't really about reverence here. It wasn't that Job did not reverence God. Job was just simply asking for, for, for an answer. How, how be it, you know, um, he was in his pain and he was, he was in bitterness. But Job was asking for an answer. He didn't curse God. No, he didn't curse God. He says, he says have you no fear of God? No reverence for him? Your sins are telling your, your mouth what to say. You see that? He's still saying that there must be a sin in your life. You must, have, you must have done something wrong. All your children die in one day. All your property disappear in one day. Job, you have done something wrong. Confess. <laughs> you know there are people like that. They will tell you, confess. Confess. This is your sins are telling your mouth what to say. Your words are based on, on clever deception. Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. Were you the first person ever born? Were you born before the eels were made? Were you, uh, were, were you listening at God's secret counsel? counsel? Do you have a monopoly on wisdom? What do you know that we don't? You see again, that's a hair. I think they are measuring against themselves. Someone is in grief. This is not necessary. So why, what do you know that we don't? What do you understand that we do not? On our sides are aged gray-haired men, much older than your father. So again, for me, this is one of the things that helps me know that this Eliphaz is the son of Esau. Okay? Because they are gray-haired men, much older than, than Job's father, Issachar. Okay? Issachar was the fifth born. I think he has the fifth born to you know, so Jacob. Jacob didn't have his, so start having his own children until he was about 84 years old. Okay, so by the time he had his children, you know, um, remember that Eliphaz was, was Esau's first born. Esau got married at 40. Okay, <laughs> Jacob married at 84. So imagine the number of years. Eliphaz obviously was much older, was much older than Issachar. Okay, and then of course, not do not mention Job. So, how, do, how, how did they even become friends? He says, On our sides are aged, gray haired men, much older than your father. Is God, is God's comfort too little for you? Yes, good. I'm telling you, Job, Job was not feeling God any comfort, but you're saying the truth. God's comfort should be enough for, for us. He said, Is God's comfort too little for you? Is his gentle word not enough? What has taken away your reason? What has weakened your vision? That you turn against God and say all these evil things. Can any mortal be pure? Yes, Eliphaz, mortals can be pure. Can anyone born of a woman be just? Yes, Eliphaz, we can be justified. In Christ, oh, we are justified as if we have never sinned before. Verse 15, say, look, God does not even trust the angels. You're making a big mistake, Eliphaz. Even the heavens are not absolutely pure in his sight. How much less pure is a corrupt and sinful person uh, with a test for wickedness? You see that? These guys are saying, saying I don't know why they, they looked at Job as a wicked person, but Job was not wicked. Job will be trying to say no. I was there for those who needed me. I took care of the poor, the needy I took care of. I defended those who, you know, those who sought for justice. You know, so how can you be calling me wicked? So these guys were giving, they were the reason why Job was talking back. 
Yes. He says, if you will listen, Eliphaz talking now, if you will listen, I will show you. I will answer you from my own, from my own experience. Obviously, he was a much older, older person. And it is confirmed by the reports of wise men who have had the same thing from their fathers. Okay? So, their fathers, Eliphaz's father is Esau. Okay? Job's father is Issachar. From those to whom the land was given. That's why you would know that he is talking about Abraham. Okay? The land was given to Abraham and then to his family. See, from those to whom the land was given long before any foreigner arrived. The wicked writh in pain throughout their lives. He's talking about Job. You are writhing in pain because you are wicked. Since years of trouble are stored up for the ruthless. Hmm. Job was not a ruthless man. Eliphaz 21, the sound of terror rings in their ears and even on good days, they fear the attack of the destroyer. They dare not go out into the darkness for fear they will be murdered. They wander around saying, where can I find bread? They know their day of destruction is near. Ah, these guys, I don't know why they were not comforting, though, but uh, this was so unnecessary. That darkness, that dark day terrifies them they live in distress and anguish like a king preparing for battle for they shake their fist at god they find the almighty holding their strong shield they defiantly charge against him uh, these wicked people are heavy and pros- prosperous their ways budge with with faith he's calling the job wicked but their cities will be ruined they will live in in abandoned houses that are ready to tumble tumble down their riches will not last and their wealth will not endure their possessions will no longer spread across the horizon they will not escape the darkness the burning sun will wither their shoots and the breath of god will destroy them let them no longer fool themselves by trusting in empty riches for emptiness will be their only reward <laughs> ah this is painful if i'm telling you if i was the one to I will give it to Eliphaz. It says they will be cut down in the prime of life. Their branches will never again be green. They will be like a vine. Let me respond to that. Verse 32. It says their branches will never again be green. In other words, it was telling Job, you will never recover from this. You will never recover from this. It says they will be like a vine whose grapes are harvested too early, like an olive tree that loses its blossoms uh, before the fruit can form. For the godless are barren. Uh, their homes enriched through bribery will burn. Ah, these guys were wicked. That Job was collecting bribe. That's why he was richer than them. Since they conceive trouble and give birth to evil, their womb produces the seeds. And this is this was quite terrible. I'm telling you. But let's finish this today. And of course, Job will respond to Eliphaz. Okay, you don't know what you are talking about. So let's take chapter 16. So of course, Job would respond. You don't know what you are talking about. So 16 verse 1. Then Job spoke again. I've had all this before. Okay. So you are not saying anything new. You already told me that there's a sin in my life and that I'm a wicked person. I've had it before. What miserable comforters you are. <laughs> oh God, yes. I agree, Job. I agree with you. These guys are miserable comforters. Yes. It says verse 3. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? It says, I could say the same thing if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. 
but if it were me i would encourage you i would try to take away your grief and this was all their friends needed to do take away somebody's grief and encourage the person sometimes you don't even need to say anything just sit down there with the person and listen to the person mourn and cry if they want to the person is not blaming you right the person is blaming their situation or blaming god the best you can do sometimes is just be there for for them he says i will try to take away your grief verse 6 instead i suffer if i defend myself i suffer no less if i refuse to speak oh god you have ground me down and devastated my family yes his entire family was wiped out left with his wife who was telling him to curse god and die very terrible. He says, you have devastated my family. As if to prove I have sinned, you've reduced me to skin and bones. And I'm telling you, if I was Job, I would think like this. He said, my gaunt, my gaunt flesh has testified against me. God hates me and angrily tears me apart. He snaps his teeth at me and pierces me with his eyes. People jeer and laugh at me. They slap my cheek in contempt. A mob gathers against me. So yes, this was what was happening to Job. It wasn't just this his friend, so it was also the neighbors who were all just laughing at him. That, hey, you see him? Look at them rich people. <laughs> the rich also cry. <laughs> I'm sure you've had that one before. Yes, so the rich man is crying now. Job says, a mob gathers against me. God has handed me over to sinners. He has tossed me into the hands of the wicked. I was living quietly until until he shattered me. He took me by the neck and broke me in pieces. Then he set me up as a target, and now his archers <laughs> surround me. His arrows pierce me without mercy. The ground is wet with my blood. Again and again, it smashes against me, charging at me like a warrior. I wear burlap to show my grief. My pride lies in the dust. My eyes are red with weeping. Dark shadows circle my eyes, yet I have done no wrong, and my prayer is pure. And this was where, yes, Job was literally making a mistake, right? Job is trying to justify himself, whereas his justifier should have been God, okay? He should have turned to God and say, Lord, justify me. Verse 18 says, O earth, I do not conceal my blood. Let it cry out on my behalf. Even now, my witness is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. Yes, Job. It's just that at this point, even though Jesus is as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world in the Old Testament, he was not the advocate, okay? He was not the advocate until he came to present his blood, okay? Which became the grounds for him to be able to become our faithful and just high priest, okay? So Job was saying, even now my witness is in heaven. My advocate is there on high. So I can tell you that Job was seen into the New Testament. It was seen into our time that yes, a time is coming where there will be an advocate who will speak on our behalf. He says, my friends scorn me, but I pour out my tears, my tears to God. I need someone to mediate between God and me. 
go job jesus is the one who mediates between us and god he says mediates between god and me as a friend mediates between between friends for soon i must go down that road from which i would never return again all right so we finish our reading here today um what lessons do i want to take take from here there's a lesson to learn from grief right yes grief can be so so powerful and i'm telling you it comes to uh to the best of us sometimes without any warning grief comes you know pain comes losses come and all these things sometimes just come to shatter us from that balance you know that that peace and tranquility that we have created and surrounded ourselves with my encouragement to someone this morning is to learn to learn from job yes why job did not cause god Job was making some very, very important mistake. Okay, Job was not seeing God even in what he was going through. And in the end, God would tell Job that that is what you should have done. You should have known that I am here with you. So I am praying for someone this morning going through a time of loss, a time of grief. You've lost a family member. You've lost a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, you know, a child. Whatever grief you are going through, maybe it's even loss of a business, loss of a business opportunity. Whatever it is you are going through, I am praying for you this morning that God will comfort you. Ah, the Spirit of God will comfort you in the name of Jesus. Every question in your heart, it will answer in the mighty name of Jesus. I am praying for you that again, once again, the Lord will restore you in the name of Jesus. Ah, you will have joy again in the name of Jesus. Ah, this is a season. I'm praying for you. This season will pass and a season of comfort will come for you in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare that you are blessed in the name of jesus father we thank you let each of us return with grace tomorrow we give you all the praise in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day